Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, your premier North American rugby podcast. Growing rugby, one fan at a time. Welcome, rugby fans. It's that time again where we, of course, are here for another run, pass, or kick interview. As a reminder, my name is Ty, the Saffer Braga. Joining me, as per usual, is my colleague, of course, the cohort that is Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. But more importantly than us, who do we have in the hot seat here today? And it is Owen Skinnell. Now, you may be familiar with this name for a variety of reasons. Um, Owen, before I give you your official introduction, first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys, for having me. Really excited to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure, man. We're excited to be able to learn about everything you've got to share when it comes to PR7s. And that gives our viewers tuning in the first clue as to how influential you are in rugby right now in the United States. And of course, hopefully to be able to expand even further as we talk about more plans down the road. But I wanted to give folks at home tuning in an opportunity to learn about your rich rugby resume and what you've already done in service to rugby. Um, But it's certainly right now we have to recognize that you're currently hold the position of CEO for Premier Rugby Sevens, the new exciting professional sevens format that's been brought to North America. The first, in fact, I should say. Um, So that's a significant point there. But before then, you had a significant amount of your career spent in helping the Free Jacks in the director of operations role. Major League Rugby is, of course, a great partner to what you do. Uh, This is a symbiotic relationship between all the different rugby entities. And I know PRC Sevens has thought about that. I know MLR thinks of that as well. Uh, and you certainly are one of those that has the opportunity to see it from both sides, which is why you are here. Uh, you have a richer a, a career in investment and finance. So kind of a marrying of both the financial and sporting world and this man here with Owen Scannell. So again, a pleasure to be able to have you with us. But in order for you to know exactly what is happening here as a viewer, it's best I hand you over to Rob Hammerschmidt to let you know what the run pass kick interview truly is and after 120 episodes we still can't hear you on mute (laughs) i must have accidentally hit that bad boy and didn't notice but uh nice to know that we're the constant professionals on right And uh, with that, uh, let me try to clean this up and get us back on the right track. Thanks, Ty. And once again, thank you, Owen, for joining us. Such a pleasure to have somebody of your stature join the show. Uh, But for those people who are just joining us, who are just checking out the run, pass, or kick interview process, it works like this. We're going to throw some questions at Owen, and we're going to prompt each question with run, pass, or kick. Owen, just like any good rugby player, has to Basically, choose one of three options. He can run with a question, which is to say that he's going to answer the question straight up. He can pass a question, which is going to say, bah, you know, even though he is the brass, he doesn't want to get in trouble with his marketing team. And he's going to go ahead and not answer the question. Or he can have fun with us, make us work a little bit, put us on the back put, put a f- uh, foot, put us on the defensive. And we know, you know, in sevens, you don't really try to kick it away, but occasionally, You like to have a little fun with your opposition and make them work. And so we could do that. And basically that means that we're going to have to answer in a way that we think Owen would answer. 
And he can grade us out, tell us we were shite. He can tell us we were spot on, or he can give us any context that he wishes in order to get the message right. So with that being said, Owen Scannell of PR7s, are you ready for the Run Pass or Kick Challenge? I'm ready, and I, I will try my best to do only running and kicking today. No passing, even despite the the, the 10 fly half number you got up there. I, I will do my best to win <laughs> any passing on, on questions. So looking forward to that. Perfect. Well, that's what we appreciate. And that's what fans like to hear, of course. So we're going to start with the first one. And usually I take a deep dive into social media, but boy, you constructed your social media very carefully, my friend. It was hard to, it's hard to get any good jibes or, or jabs out of you. So uh, I'm just going to go with the low hanging fruit. Uh, so PR sevens is fast becoming known as an exciting brand of rugby in the United States. It is also known for its unusual names. Uh, like the loonies. So run, pass, or kick. Are you ever asked where these unusual names come from? Oh, that's an easy run. Uh, the, the short answer is yes. Um, and we, we get asked about uh, asked about the names all the time. Um, I think when we were sitting down and, you know, it really kind of goes back to PR7 structure as a, as a competition, right? We, you know, we are a true consolidated single entity. But, you know, one of the things that we wanted to do when we were coming up with with team names was to try and give, you know, rather than just pick names out of the blue, we tried to kind of carve up the, the U.S. and Canada mentally a little bit to say, okay, if we had to have a team that was maybe based out of this area, what would we call them? And they, so I did this huge brand exercise with a number of people in, uh, uh, in, in creative development to figure out what we thought might be the best possible names for regions. Now, um, in the previous two years, we actually uh, we spent a lot of time um, you know, working around kind of alluding to regions. Um, but that was kind of where a lot of the names be, you know, came from was this this idea that eventually one day we wanted teams to have a natural fit into into the landscape. So that way, when we wanted to put on a regional city moniker and start to create those grassroots pipelines and, and connectivity, um, you know, to, to certain markets, uh, the name would make sense as opposed to just having it be a uh, square peg in a, in a round hole type of fit. So we get, you know, we got, we, we fielded a lot of questions on the names and kind of where they came from. Um, you know, I think uh, this year, I hope, I'm hoping they start to make sense with uh, where they fit into the, yeah. uh, the broader American landscape. Yeah, I've got a few suggestions for you on these uh, two teams that are coming in. I've submitted them, and and hopefully they get chosen. <laughs> and I'm rewarded with great riches, and uh, every honor is bestowed on my being. Uh, but but no, I love it. And and it sounds like for people that don't know, it sounds like certainly this regional structure has been at the back of the plan the whole time. It was just a matter of when things would get rolled out. Um, and it, and we'll get more into that as we progress, but I'm going to turn right. over the next question. Well, I, I'm kind of curious, a quick follow-up. I mean, you must sure. have had so many different variations of names that you eventually landed on what you've got now, and we're hoping to be able to hear the other ones soon enough, too. Um, but what were some of the worst ones that you had, <laughs> that you threw out? Ooh. Well, it depends on who you ask. Some people would say the names that we've got are the worst ones. That's what <laughs> people said on Twitter. You can't please everybody all the time, there. right? Yeah. <laughs> no, um, the worst names. That's a good question. Um, I. Which know, one I, did you come across and you're like, no, straight away. Yeah, like, no <laughs> debate, just a uh, hell no. Honestly, <laughs> I, I get one veto and this is yeah, where this we're is it. <laughs> Yeah. 
I, honestly, the one that I thought was the worst that then grew on me was the was the team. I thought when when that was okay. presented to me as a concept, when when our uh, kind of graphic designer came to me and said, "What do you think about the team?" and I said, yeah, like, "I don't." That's a really <laughs> nice placeholder. What do we got coming? <laughs> we have teams. They're all competing. Yes, yeah. we get that. I'm glad you understand. Congratulations, you understood the concept. Yeah, like, all right. Bracket, team name here. Um, yeah. I thought you just you forgot those words. Um, yeah. No, that was that. At the my first reaction to that was, I don't get this at all. Like, or was I? I think this is a placeholder. Second reaction was, I right. don't get it. And then third was, oh, I think maybe you could kind of get it. Um, and you know, now I'm now it's it's grown on me a lot. Um, I mm -hmm. think it's kind mm -hmm. of you know it, it's one of those things where um, you know you get some people that hear the name and they really just don't get it. But there's a real subset of people that actually do like it and they think it's well you know, i kind of like it and i'll tell you yeah. why when you put your marketing hat on the whole purpose is to get people talking and when they're mm -hmm. talking it's memorable and so on and so on so striking up conversation and creating banter is kind of one of the great cornerstones of rugby in general mm -hmm. and and marketing for sure um so i've loved the ingenuity in it i love the embrace of originality um, and then this next level of including others in their name submissions as Rob pointed out he's already got mm -hmm. his view I'm apparently behind it because I haven't submitted mine but that will be my homework from here on out mm -hmm. um, but as we dive forward I mean 2023 is well into our, into our pathway right now mm -hmm. and you know you started this journey and for those who might not know uh, about three years ago, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. And it started out at AutoZone Park in Memphis. Um, and it was about a 5,000-seater stadium. And people initially thought, why Memphis, right? But so it, the, the plan has evolved stage by stage. As Rob pointed out, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the, uh, the works that's now becoming more prominent. So I'm kind of curious, run, pass, or kick? And I'm pretty sure I know the answer is going to mm -hmm. be run. Uh, mm -hmm. But I have to ask, what are the plans for 2023? Sure. So it definitely can run with that. Um, and it's a, it's a great and relevant question uh, with, with the timing. Um, you know, we are part of our process, right, has been to kind of grow steadily in a manner that is sustainable, that's exciting, um, that helps to, you know, grow alongside the audience of the, of the sport. Um, you know, we're excited about this upcoming year. I mean, I think this will be a, a really, um, a really big year for, for PR sevens. Um, you know, we announced in December that we're going to be doubling the number of franchises from four to eight and really hone in on that, on that regional um, nomenclature and, and branding and, and, and really kind of connecting to, to grassroots efforts. But um, you know, the, the big thing for 2023 will be also part of the, the, I guess the uh, expansion will also be in the number of weekends. Right. And I think what we want to do is create, a really exciting competition um, at mm -hmm. the core of what we do um, to create something that players, fans, people inside of the sport, people outside of the sport will be able to readily connect with um, and, and really engage with. Um, we're looking right. at an expansion um, to five weekends. Um, as part of that, the format will basically have um, a whole, or effectively two conferences, an Eastern and Western conference. Um, those conferences will play two weekends each, um, spread out, uh, you know, across four total weekends. Um, they'll, they'll play conference play in those matchups, and then the top two teams out of each of those conferences will move on to play the championship weekend uh, in D.C. Um, so you'll have 
two men's teams out of the East, two women's teams out of the East, two men's teams out of the West, two women's teams out of the West. They will go into the last weekend of the season to play a knockout style championship matchup to see who wins the entire tournament. Um, you know, we think it's a really cool way to run a sevens competition. Um, right. You know, I think it's a really American way to do it, you know, where it's, you know, bracket bracket style mm-hmm. playoffs, you know, all the things that people really like about American sports. Um, we want to in- integrate. Well, it keeps it exciting the whole way through. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And, and integrate that into a sevens product because there's such a great core game in sevens. And what we're trying to do is distill it down and heighten the stakes. So that way, everybody can kind of connect to what is ultimately mm-hmm. happening on the field. And and this is something that I think you guys have done well in structuring the idea of the rugby tainment thing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the product itself is going to deliver on the field. It's everything else that you thought of to make it entertaining as well as kind of helping it take another step forward. Because as you said, it's the broader audience. I mean, rugby fans are going to tune in, right? They're mm-hmm. going to, uh, but that's not enough for us. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. how do we get other people in is what I imagine the conversation was. And mm-hmm. you're thinking of those type of things and pointing them out to us helps folks understand why this is going to be such an attractive year for rugby when it comes to seven. So thanks for that insight. Of course. course. And what I love about this format, because, oh, and I tell you what, I, I'm, I've been a supporter of having the 15th for collegiate rugby, having the 15th mm-hmm. season be in the fall and being a Harvard man, if I'm not, no, a Dartmouth man, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, a Dartmouth man, um, you're, you know, the 15th season is in the fall. Mm-hmm. And then of course the seven season with NCR is picking up in the spring. And I've long supported the idea of doing something like this where there's a series so teams that right. are successful that can move on will then you know go on to the you know go on to the championship and it would really produce like a sustained collegiate rugby uh sevens um uh stamp if you will, um, that could fit within the collegiate window, you know, in, in March and in, into April before, you know, kids get released uh, in May. But that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> I just love the concept and I think it could work well within the NCR structure. But <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit about um, PR7s and the rugby landscape. Um, mm-hmm. We know that rugby is still a niche sport in the United States. But within the last six seasons, the professional landscape in the U.S. has absolutely exploded with the MLR, with PR7s. And now, just announced last week, I believe, uh, Super Rugby America. So now there's kind of essentially three professional organizations operating within the United States. Mm-hmm. So run, pass, or kick. Are we in danger of clogging up the rugby calendar in the United States? Oh, definitely can run with that. Um, I think... Uh, almost certainly not. Um, you know, I, I think one we you know when we've tried to schedule PR sevens, we have we're, we our biggest focus is to try and be adjacent to the international calendar, so that way we've got a, a window where the, the top American players can play and potentially you know uh, top international players can be part of the competition as well. Um, no, I think it, if anything, it's a sign of the increasing vitality and viability of professional rugby in the United States, that there are you know, multiple 15s competitions, that there is a professional sevens competition. I think it, um, it, it demonstrates to the broader sports ecosystem that there is something really here, that there's an audience that's excited about rugby and that there's growth. Um, so, you know, I, I think, um, you know, as we continue to grow, there'll be uh, potential opportunities to collaborate, to work together. But um, if anything, it means that there's a lot of investment going into the game and, and trying to 
grow the international or to, to grow the the domestic uh, professional opportunities for for players, um, and and to you know, grow the commercial value of of the sport of rugby, which can only be helpful towards you know to the game broadly in the long run. Um, you know the the World Cups coming, I think, is a is a huge signal. The you know the I mean, we we uh, we we talk often about how rugby's biggest events are coming to the U.S. You know, we have the 28 Olympics in L.A., 31 Men's World Cup, 33 Women's World Cup. I mean, there's just so many um, big events that will draw the eyes of the international community here that it only makes sense to have really uh, you know, burgeoning upstart competitions that are that are taking, taking root. Right, because they'll be positioned to grow even faster once the foundation is already set. The platform is there. And mm-hmm. obviously, that's kind of the stage of where rugby has been for the last 30 years in the U.S. It's like, oh, we're, we're, we're getting better. We're, we're getting there. But there hasn't been, you know, a solidified league as, and, and, and professionalism as it has seen in the last three to five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I include all aspects of rugby here because Premier Rugby Sevens being the latest professional addition to rugby, um, but its predecessor, of course, MLR and then, of course, Pro Rugby. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you've dived into a lot about what this year looks like for the um for the for pre-r sevens and it has me wondering as you're talking about events that are coming up years from now you know the rugby world cup the olympics what in your opinion can you tell fans tuning in what would pr sevens look like in three to five years or possibly when that rugby world cup rolls around yeah, I, I can I can uh, I can run with that as, as well. And actually, the, I might run with it and then kick it. Uh, do a little uh, you know, okay line break chip over chip the and chase because I'd love to hear what what, uh, what what you guys think on it as well. But you know, I I think we you know as part of you know we we unveiled a new marketing campaign called Seven's New Home, which was you know, for this upcoming season. Um, and you know, part of the you know, the kind of first peak prong of that campaign, I think, is to you know signal that our franchises are now going to be at home, right? We're going to have home events. We're going to have elements of that. They're going to start to put down roots in places. Um, and I, I think that, you know, one of the things that we also are kind of alluding to it is really that three to five year vision that, you know, to have PR sevens and for professional sevens to find a, a home in the United States. Um, you know, we, um, you know, when we, we talk about, about PR sevens, about, about rugby sevens in general, um, you know, in the metaphor I use is really, it's like the, the tip of the spear for the rugby audience, right? You know, to get people that first touch point with the sports, you know, a version that's more, you know, that's accessible, engaging, um, that connects with the average American football fan. Um, that's something that I think, um, you know, we, we see sevens as this great opportunity to really have a competition that is at the forefront of, of world sevens competitions kind of adjacent to the international game and a successful domestic standalone circuit. Um, so what in three to five years, I think we would look to have PR sevens as, you know, the, you know, preeminent um, global sevens competition that builds out alongside the, you know, the HSBC and international circuits mm-hmm. um, and, and, and creates a, a version of rugby play in the United States that, um, you know, helps to grow a fan base and, and ultimately get a lot of people excited about about the sport generally and, and you know, bringing bring new people into it. So, um, that you know, I, I don't know if that fully answers the question, but that's, I think, probably, you know, in a, in a 
a little bit more of an abstract qualitative sense what I would. I, I, I like it though. There's so many merits in what you say in terms of sevens being a, a wonderful medium to be able to introduce people to the game. Mm-hmm. I live in the Midwest as does Rob and we've had this conversation in several different versions, but in Iowa where I am, actually every school program is sevens only. Why? Because you need less players. It's much mm-hmm. easier to be able to, to learn, although a very physical sport. Um, you know, there's so many great upsides that allows you to be able to get more teams playing and more kids participating and more parents adopting the sport and enjoying it as well because as an absolute novice and it's not to diminish the appeal of or the technical brilliance of the sport you know there's merits in both 15s and 7s caps right mm-hmm. but but they're fundamentally the same sport but very different principles in how they're played mm-hmm. and 7s is one that translates very well to television and to new audiences and it has proven to do so with likes of the of the U.S. Uh, national side gaining popularity over the last decade. And we only hope that it will continue to be able to uh, to grow on and off the field. And Piera Sevens is going to be positioned to be that very first opportunity that I would love to be able to see players who say, I want to be able to be in the Olympics. I want to win a medal. And the best opportunity to get there is not only through through my college, but what's after that? Where do I go? before I meet uh, my, my country's needs. Well, I go to PR7s and I get my professional time there and I get my, my training, I get my development and it's in a professional setting, which the US has not had for sevens alone. There's been camps, but there's not been a structure in a league like this. So you certainly are filling a great need there. And I think ultimately it's going to be a great television product too. Uh, if you can bottle a little bit of what the HSBC has made famous and, you know, and, and, and uncork it in every single stadium across the U.S. as it continues to expand, fans are going to fall in love with the product on and off the field very quickly. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I didn't forget, I also kicked that as well. So I'd love to hear the, the three to five from, from you guys as well. Um, well, my three to five is kind of wrapped up into what I said there, which yeah. is in three to five years, I want to be able to see it partner with a lot of, uh, uh, as you said, grassroots programs. But mm-hmm. I want to be able to see kids graduating out of, uh, out of college level into professional sides. Um, I want to kind of see that bridge between in the next three to five. Um, that allows them to continue rugby at a professional level and, and to be able to expand it, of course, um, to, to other, other cities. We just need more, more professional rugby in the Midwest. If you're talking mm-hmm. Midwest, is kind of a desiccant in the landscape yeah. at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rob and I are obviously biased, but we've only just yeah. gotten one professional <laughs> side think? now, and we waited yeah. long enough for it. Yeah. <laughs> Very fair. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so that's I, my piece. I, and I guess for me, I'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, having you know four legs uh, prior to the championship, you know one in the east, one in the kind of uh, you know east of the Mississippi, one just west of the Mississippi, someplace in the you know perhaps in Colorado would be a nice a nice place, or perhaps in you know uh, Albuquerque, and then West Coast. And so that way, um, they're kind of parsed throughout, and anybody that loves rugby in the United States can find their way rather quickly to at least one of the legs. And then right. have this grand championship someplace in a big city where, you know, mm-hmm. people can easily access it and and have fun with it and enjoy uh, watching, um, you know, fast paced, exciting uh, rugby with bright colors of the PR7s. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so you think our answers were okay? I think those are great. No, I think I mean it sounds all. Are we hide? Yeah, I don't think I think we we we. Uh, 
I think there's a lot of alignment there. So yeah, good great. stuff, good stuff, man. Then, then, then I'll say you're on the right track, Owen. Keep it up, buddy. Keep it up. <laughs> Got your job one more week. Uh, so uh, as we take an opportunity to be able to uh, set that aside just for a bit, I want to remind our viewers at home what we do here is obviously done with the support of some great partners, and it's only fair to be able to allow them an opportunity to be able to shine. So we'll be back in just a moment with what you now know as the quick tap where we're going to ask Owen to give us a this or that response. We'll be back in just a moment. also pick up a legacy a legacy that stretches beyond your current team and built on the backs of those who came before you with hard work and discipline and to those who will come after you we promise it won't be easy there will be days when you feel like you want to quit when you're in the cold in the rain and in the mud on those days we will be there when you need it most all right welcome back rugby rant fans and all those that love what is now known as the run, pass, or kick. And we're going to continue with run, pass, or kick in just a moment, but we're going to take a slight diversion. And we're going to put Owen, quite frankly, in the hot seat because he can't kick, he can't pass. He has absolutely got to run each one of these, but they're fun, they're exciting, and just like PR7s, uh, it's kind of quick, down, and dirty, and you get your, your, your rugby and you get your answers fast, and, and quick. So here it goes. We're going to give you a choice, this or that. You choose one or the other. You don't. You can explain, not explain. It's totally up to you, Owen. But we're going to come at you lightning fast. So here we go. Better rugby highlight, big hits or team tries? Oh, uh, team tries. Nice. Like that. All right. Rugby in the U.S., sleeping giant or bumbling jester? Sleeping giant. New England dish, oysters or clam chata? Oysters. Ooh, easy. Interesting choice. All right. Chill sport, golf or fishing? Golf. What's your handicap? Uh, nine. Oh, that's not bad. That's not yeah, bad. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you're you are public forum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you need him a chance to, to, to brag about it, we gave yeah. it to you. <laughs> Take it. All right. Two more. Vacation, beach or mountains? Mountains. All right. And last one. Yeah, you look like this is right up your alley. I, I took a flyer here. The Office, Jim or Dwight? Oh, um, I think we got, let's say Dwight. I think that just to make it a little more chaotic. I think we'll go with Dwight. Okay. I like <laughs> it. Some good answers there. See, that was. 
I like how that was the toughest one of that selection for you. Like that's the one you really had to like think about. Like, oh, oh, jeez. I, I, I thought about it in its entirety. You know, you think about right. the show, the the character arc and the development. I think is. Uh, is I like it. I like it. All right. Man, so I have. You are a Dartmouth man with uh, you know just that very uh, very thoughtful, profound answer. I like it. Well, let me take the opportunity then to send us back into the regular format of the run, pass, or kick interviews as we line up the next uh, run of questions here for you, Owen. Mm -hmm. And returning to PR7s is, of course, is the topic of the hour. Uh, run, pass, or kick. PR7s players are contracted, sorry, constructed, bleh, words, <laughs> tough things, um, <laughs> constructed of players from open tryouts, invitations, Major League Rugby, and the U.S. Rugby greater rosters. Mm -hmm. How much of a challenge is it to build an exciting and competitive roster with such a pool of players available to you? I can run with that, um, although I in, in, I should probably pass that to Mike Tolkien specifically because that mm -hmm. is where he where his expertise and uh, uh, connections that's where he spends a lot of his uh, his time. But no, I mean I, I think the you know one of the the best things that we've got going for us is the fact that there is a lot of fantastic domestic sevens talent, um, mm -hmm. and you know as part of you know what we're trying to do, a big piece of our our again, the, the regionalization of, of this is to have our teams be the vehicles by which we identify and uncover the next generation of phenomenal sevens talent in the U S. Um, so, you know, it, it is a, uh, it's a challenge to put together the rosters, but not because of kind of the lack of talent. I think there is, you know, there is so much talent, um, you know, both in the, um, you know, the women's and the men's games here that, um, you know, it is a, it, there's, it's, it's more a question of how do you, you know, almost whittle it down to, to get the, the, the best players, you know, mm -hmm. in, onto the field and, and how do you, how do you have compete for those spots? So um, no, it's, it's a, it's a really, uh, it's a really cool opportunity. And I think, um, you know, we, we view ourselves as an opportunity for players to put themselves out there as well, right. As a platform for, right. for players to showcase their skills, to impress coaches on the national team levels, um, you know, to, to connect with the, the, the pipelines and pathways from, from the, you know, grassroots initiatives to the, you know, the international circuit. And so, um, I think we've gotten a lot of great buy-in from players that have participated in the past. And I think we'll have, um, you know, some really exciting, uh, names and, and players and, and teams that are competing this year for, for the, uh, for the championships. Yeah, you mentioned that, and I love the fact that you mentioned it because it gives me a gateway just to talk briefly about some of those specific names. And one that comes to mind that's really shined pretty bright in the past was Logan Tago. I mean, here's a guy who was unearthed because of PR7s and made his way into the U.S. Uh, sevens team simply because he showed out. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, and it's wonderful to see. And I think he did. He played for a bit in the MLR as well. So here's a guy that maybe got his chance because of PR sevens. And I'd like to throw two names out there that I hope to see on a roster that represents the Midwest, because they will get my support all day and every day and twice on mm -hmm. Sunday. And that is uh, um, Chicago Lions, Noah Brown and Will Chevalier. Mm -hmm. These are two yeah. guys that come from IU. Um, have been part of a men's um, rosters, you know, national championship rosters at the club level. And they're two mm. young guys who really have a bright future and hopefully they get more opportunities with USA sevens, but can mm -hmm. clearly show that they're, that they they've earned their stripes, if you will, um, mm -hmm. by showing out at PR seven. So 
hopefully we'll see those two guys in, in this summer. Yeah, no, for sure. I, um, I, 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 we can take a note and I'll, I'll send that to Mike uh, to, yeah. to you know put that on his radar. At some <laughs> point, we took a transition into turning into the Midwest Rugby Show here. That's um, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, it's it's. It, it's our show, and we get to be homeless. Yeah. <laughs> but you got to – I mean, the, the whole point is is that we're, we are unearth talent, highlight yeah. talent, you know, and that's why, you know, it, it's – Rob always is a great advocate for young talent because we, we on the show certainly know that's the next generation. That's who's going right. to take us on to Rugby World Cups, take us on to higher honors across the, uh, uh, the globe. Um, mm-hmm. And I think PR Sevens knows that as well, which is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to get into the next uh, little bit and take a instead of looking at players, take a a little different angle and one I think that um, perhaps is more better suited for you than than it is for Tolkien. Sure. Uh, but PR sevens is largely a centralized model, right? It's all mm-hmm. done through the PR sevens, but the rhinos kind of um, seem to have a kind of a niche in within PR sevens um, and within the league. Because uh, they're kind of, they kind of have a little bit of franchise piece in the mm-hmm. league, which is kind of unique. So, mm-hmm. run, pass, or kick. Where do you envision? Sorry, um, you know, what is the role? And you know, um, do they have an advantage? Mm-hmm. You know, being being that they're kind of this organ, independent organization that has a role, has a piece in PR sevens. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a great question. I'll definitely run with it. Um, you know, they, uh, you know, when we kind of first got in, in touch with, with the rhinos and, you know, I think one of the, the, the elements that we, we talked about was, you know, we wanted to make sure, you know, cause we obviously have a you know, tremendous amount of respect for what they're building as a, as a, as an academy, as a, as a team, um, and, and as a program in general, um, you know, they are, you know, we wanted to make sure that, you know, we keep a really good, fair, competitive product on the field. Um, and so a large part of when we had, you know, begun, you know, talking about how do we, you know, engage with them and, and you know, see if there's a way to work with them to give them, um, you know, and their players and their coaches you know, more kind of definitive access and, and, and engagement with the competition. Um, you know, how do we do that in a way that is sustainable and that, you know, creates a, a balanced competitive outcome and, and, and landscape. Um, you know, that's kind of where we got the, the team licensing structure. And, um, you know, it, it was, I, I think a, um, you know, a, a successful 2022, uh, start to that campaign. Um, you know, we will, um, you know, as far as it kind of relates to the broader vision of, of the, you know, of, of the company and how we you know deal with the teams, you know, we, our priorities are always going to be, the sustainability and the viability of, of the, of the company and the, and the platform. Um, that's kind of first and, you know, kind of ultimately the first and most important priority. Um, and the, the, the second is parity, right? I think, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, we don't create a, you know, an, an uneven, uneven balance. And, um, you know, they've been you know supportive and understanding of kind of where, you know, where to, you know, push the envelope where we also have to say, Hey, maybe that doesn't work. Um, but you know, all in all, I think it's been a very successful partnership today. We're, we're um, you know, we're very lucky to have them as, as partners in the in the league. 
Can and can I just follow up? I mean, do you see that model being more and more a part of PR sevens? We talked about you know three to five years on the business end. Will that be more of what you're looking for? Is to to have more franchisees, so to speak, rather and move away from the centralized structure? Yeah, I mean, we you know it, it the uh, the nice thing about what the what we've done to date with with the rhinos is that you know we still really have a a centralized structure, right? You know, at the end at the end of the day, when we were making um, the you know, scheduling and trying to you know, cre- come up with a, a competition, um, you know that we we are we we haven't we have a lot of the ability to still determine the things that we need to determine in the way that we 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 hope that we could. Um, but you know, it, in it, as far as kind of franchising out teams and and you know, I, I think there is a you know potential long term opportunity there. But I, I think for you know from from um, you know, for, for, for our, from our near-term uh, stability and viability, it, it is, um, you know, there's there's a lot of helpfulness to having the clear strategic directions and decision-making that, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes diffuse control or control by committee can, can sometimes um, uh, hamper. So, um, you know, it, it's definitely a possibility and something that, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out entirely, but, um, I think for the most part, um, the ability to, yeah, I, I think, and I, I, I think for, you know, we'd love to figure out ways to have teams have more connectivity to their geographic markets, right. And to have, you know, buy-in, whether that's through people, whether that's through organizations, um, you know, what, whatever makes the most sense for a given team and, and, and you know, making sure that the right partners are involved is, is a really critical part of that. Um, you know, we, um, we just want to make sure that, um, you know, it all, it all works and it, it's, you know, helps kind of promote the, and contribute towards the longevity and, and viability. Of the mm-hmm. So you spoke a, a moment ago, you mentioned the phrase, the right partners on board mm-hmm. and a large part of the success for any professional sport is the broadcast partners. Mm-hmm. What can you speak about the broadcast partnerships now and what they mm-hmm. may look like in this upcoming season and perhaps even longer? Yeah. So we've, um, we've, we've had a, a good, um, you know, history with, with a couple of partners to date. We had a, our, our pilot season aired on, on Fox sports and then TSN in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last year we did an exclusive deal with Fubo Sports Network to, to cover all of our, our games um, you know, for the entire season. Um, this upcoming year, we're actively in uh, in negotiations and discussions with a couple of major linear and digital partners. Um, the uh, I will have to kind of uh, conclude that with a little bit of a pass to say that we have to. Uh, I got one. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, no, nothing, uh, nothing concrete. I can definitely say right. um, at least publicly at the moment. But um, it is uh, you know I think one of our biggest priorities with distribution has always been um, you know we want to make sure that our that rugby sevens reaches mm-hmm. as many people as well, possible. Accessibility is what you're talking about, not only to the sport, but the viewership. And and, yes. and one of the criticisms is putting behind anything behind a paywall is going to limit that. So, but sometimes it's a necessary evil, you know, depending on where you are mm-hmm. in, in things. Um, would you be willing to be able to share now when fans could know more about this? Yeah, we expect probably in the next month or so that, to have a clear distribution plan that will be able okay. to reveal and um you know i think we'll uh the without 
making 100% commitment, you know, I think we will, there will almost certainly be parts of it that will be as widely distributed without a paywall as, as possible. I like That's, the sounds of that. Yeah, definitely good news for all those people who are fans of rugby and fans, particularly of sevens. And uh, one last question here. So before we get to it, I'd like uh, to offer Owen that, um, you know, as typical with each run, pass or kick, shall we say subject or guest, one of the two, because we subjected to some brutal questions sometimes, um, <laughs> that uh, you'll have an opportunity to plug something about PR7s or perhaps mm-hmm. you know, plug a charity uh, here after this last question, because we always like our guests to have the last word, so to speak, and sure. and, and uh, kind of craft uh, a little bit of their own response um, in, in a way that they want to present to the public. So um, being that as it may, have one last tough question for you. So run, pass, or kick. The PR7's model of hosting events in a series of cities um, has, has recently emerged. That news has come out. Mm-hmm. What are the marketing logistical challenges that PR7's have had to manage using this model? That's a very, very good question. And I've not, Thank I've you. not gotten asked. That I gave it a lot of thought. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. Um, you know, it, it is, um, it's, it is, the, there's a, a lot of, you know, there are trade-offs to our model, right? Um, yeah. You know, on the one hand, you know, we come in, we come in one day a year. It's, a, you know, we're, you know, we sell a one-off rugby experience to a, to a given market. Um, and so there's a lot of strengths and, and, and positives to that. On the other hand, um, it, you know, in, in selling sports to people and, and kind of what people expect when they, when they, um, you know, consume pro sports in some capacities that, you know, there are teams, you know, that there, you know, there's a season ticket option or there's multiple weekends to go, or there's this kind of, um, you know, depth uh, to, to what uh, the, that experience can be. Um, so there's, 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 there's trade-offs in that sense. And then in, in, as far as marketing is concerned, um, you know, we are, you know, by being a, a rotating circuit um, and having centralized league staff and league marketing and, and PR and, and content creation, um, you know, sometimes you don't kind of get those touch points with the heartbeat of a city that you might wish you had that that other, you know, a, a team that plays, um, you know, eight to 80 times in that in that city will have. Right. And, you know, we don't um, you know, we are. um working on ways to continue to build into that. And, you know, is, again, part of this regionalization effort is to start to hone in on, you know, where we, where we're going to be, what we're going to do and, 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 and start to connect more with the people in those markets. But, you know, it does make it a little more challenging, right? You know, we just, the, the, the lack of a bricks and mortar type of facility or, you know, things outside of that, you know, one week window a year, um, you know, create some, some obstacles and, and, and some staying power that, that may be, dif- you know, difficult to overcome. But I, I think for us, you know, the nice thing now that we're going into to year three and, you know, that's, I, I think a, you know, a huge milestone for, for any pro sports organization, um, you know, is largely the fact that, you know, we have now there's, there's demonstrable stuff, you know, content, um, uh, history, et cetera, that, you know, people can start to see, right. And people can start to connect to, and, you know, if you, we've you know, worked a bit on our, our franchise pages, you know, where there's now a history of, of the franchise performances and the players who were, you know, who succeeded and, you know, performed well. Um, and, and so having that, that track record and that, 
connectivity to you know a, a past and a future um, is helpful in a lot of ways. And, and now that we are adding those, you know, that 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 uh, um, geography before the the team nickname, um, I think te- you know really is a you know is a big step of of signaling our intent to to put down roots in, in these markets and, and connect more deeply. Yeah, and it's it's very it's a very similar challenge to uh, the premier lacrosse league, right? I mean, kind of my my I have two sons and one's in lacrosse, one's in rugby. And um, I, I see that premier lacrosse league having similar challenge, but there's definitely, as you said, some advantages to it, you know, especially when you're talking about TV production, because you only have to have TV production in one place on one weekend at a time. And it can simplify some of your TV production costs, which certainly helps at the end of the day. Yeah. Which is certainly not cheap either. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> certainly one of the great challenges for rugby is uh, the, the ever increasing demands around broadcast and, and, you know, and all of that but it sounds for the moment that uh 2023 is going to be an exciting year for pr7s and for those of you that have been tuning in back home and listening to this interview with owen scannell he is of course the ceo of uh, premier rugby sevens having had a background in major league rugby with the free jacks and of course putting that to good use as he brings forth great opportunities for rugby players to grow into a professional sevens program. And talking about that, I believe that gives us an opportunity to throw it back to you as you wanted to share a little bit more about how these opportunities can come about. Yeah, for sure. And um, before I get into that, I just wanted to thank you both again for, for having me on. This has been really fun. Uh, I hope uh, I haven't disappointed in, in the, uh, the one semi pass and I was hoping to go a hundred percent on runs, but I guess, you know, you, uh, you, you've got to, um, you know, sometimes you got to pass when, when the read is there. Um, but, um, no, I, I think one of the things, you know, as, as we're, um, you know, working on building out this, this upcoming season is that we have our, our talent ID and associated clinics, um, initiative that we're doing in all the markets that we're, we're going to and and actually and some of the markets that we're we're not going to um you know it's a great way for for athletes to put their hand up and say they think they can be a part of what we're doing um you know whether you know you're a a woman's player or a men's player um you know there's 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 tryouts for you um and on top of that you know we we want to do um you know, we want to create opportunities for the you know youth players and or you know potentially even People, you know, you young athletes that don't have any connectivity to the sport to have a opportunity to engage with our our programming and and our, our coaches and and you know experience what you know the the all the fun is about with with the sport. Um, so um, you know, would encourage anybody listening. Um, you know, if you're if you're of the age and you think you can you can cut it, definitely sign up for Talent ID. But if you know if you know people um, in one of the areas that would be you know, a great candidate to have them come out and, and, you know, have their first touch point with the, with the sport. Um, you know, we'll be in eight markets through in weekends uh, between now and um, now in June. So um, we are going to all across the U S and Canada to, to try and, you know, help grow the game. So um, definitely sign up and we, you know, hope to see you out there. 
Excellent. And fans, you can go and check out more information on this by following them online through their social media and, of course, directly through the website where all of it will continue to be updated on a regular basis. Your team does a great job as it is and will continue to do that job. Owen, it has been a pleasure to be able to have you with us here in the familiar format of the Run Parcel Kick interview with myself, Rob the Hammer Hammersmith, and, of course, my name, Ty Braga. On behalf of uh, the team, thank you for joining us, Owen. On behalf of the fans, uh, thank you as well for sharing all that great insight. And to our fans, before we leave, again, a thank you for all your continued support. Uh, without your help, we wouldn't be able to do what we do each and every week, which is to help rugby grow one fan at a time. And that's all about you. And uh, that is the message that is so important. Again, Owen, thank you very much. And we will catch you all at the next. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, your premier North American rugby podcast. Growing rugby, one fan at a time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.